Testing. On the last one that we done, oh yeah, lights and sound. So this is good. Um, on the last one that we done, uh, I really like everyone to be involved and uh, everyone to have an opportunity to read and just to you know so I can call on people. But I guess on the last one we couldn't hear so well on the live stream or on the archive. So what we're going to do? We don't want no one feeling uncomfortable. We want everyone to just feel comfortable. But we're going to have to, when I point, I'm going to have to have someone bring you a mic. And I just ask that you read if, if that'll be okay. And uh, so I really appreciate your help in it. We're going to carry on uh, with our thought from last week if you want to grab your Bibles. And uh, we could just stand uh, and we'll read the scripture and then we'll pray. And uh, tonight I'm going to be teaching on the supreme authority of the scriptures part two. And there are so many scriptures. We could actually just keep going and keep going. But I want to hit the major things that I think that will equip us uh, when discussing the scripture and also uh, searching out the scriptures for ourselves. So uh, I've got a lot of goodies tonight as far as uh, notes that you'll want to take. And I believe that we're going to have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Let's uh, look at John chapter 5. And uh, we're going to start with verse 37. We're going to read 10 verses down through verse 47. And uh, then we'll pray and let you have your seats. John chapter 5, verse 37. Say amen when you find your places there. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Now Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders. You have not, ye have not his word abiding in you, whom he hath sent, him ye believe not. He says, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. 
How can you believe me, which receive honor of one another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that will accuse you, even Moses, whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me. For he, Moses, wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again, Lord, to gather around the eternal word of God. And we realize, Lord, as we open the scriptures that this is you in letter form. We ask that you would quicken it to our hearts. May the Holy Spirit come and just begin to divide it to us. Lord, the truth written in the scriptures. Give us spiritual understanding that we might see. We pray that the Holy Spirit will quicken us. Lord, help us to have understanding, divine understanding that comes from you. We yield ourselves to you. May the Holy Spirit be our portion, be our teacher, be our instructor. Guide us, Lord, through the scriptures, we pray. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, amen. God bless you. You can have your seats. This is strong language coming from the Lord as he was preaching to the religious leaders of that day. And uh, it's amazing that Jesus is saying, now you claim to have life in you, but you're rejecting me, showing that you do not love God nor abide in his word, or his word has no part in you. Brother Branham said the problem was with these religious leaders, though that they were seeing God manifested in the flesh, that they had their own ideas. When they had the scriptures, they would use the scriptures to back their arguments. And no doubt that they could draw their picture with the scriptures. But the problem was, that wasn't God's interpretation of the word. And so, though that they had taught the people Though they may have even been dedicated and sincere, Brother Brenham said we can be sincere but sincerely wrong, that right when God had interpreted his own word before them, they rejected it. And it's, it's amazing to me because he said, I'm not going to accuse you before the Father. He said, you're going to have one that will accuse you, and that's Moses. Well, that was their claim to fame. They said, we've got Moses, and we believe Moses' writing, and they prided themselves. They probably memorized Moses' writings like verbatim. They probably, you know, uh, history says they did. History said that they could memorize Scripture so well that they would roll a scroll, and they would actually poke a pen through it and tell you what Scriptures it was touching. I mean, these men were dedicated to the Word, but when God was made manifest right before them, They did not know him. So Jesus says, you'll have one that condemns you, and that will be Moses, the one that you claim. And he said, if you would have really believed Moses, you would believe me, because Moses wrote all about me. And I would love to take the time and go back and show you where Moses wrote of Jesus, but we're not going to take that time. But then Jesus says a statement that I want to build tonight's Bible study off of. He says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me. And he said, now I want you to search. That means to examine. That means to to go deep and to break down and to really just diligently investigate the scriptures. 
And Jesus was saying something here amazing because he was saying, if you will really come with the right motive and the right objective, you will find I'm all the way through the scriptures. I'm all, I, I, I'm the, what the Bible spoke of. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalms chapter 40, verse 7. This scripture will be familiar to you. Psalms 40, verse 7. Do we have a a mic? This young man here. You're going to be my reader. Psalms 40, verse 7. said, I love, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. Okay, this is speaking of Christ, and Paul picks this scripture up, lo, I come in the volume of the book to do thy will. And what Brother Branham said was, if you would look at any portion of the scripture, you could actually find Christ if you were looking for it. If you had an honest heart, and you were really seeking for God that you would find him in the volume of the book. He would be everywhere that you looked. Turn with me to Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Sister Linda, could you read that? Uh, I want to read uh, 25 down, uh, 25 and 27. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Jesus begins to expound in all the scriptures concerning himself. He begins to show them patterns from Genesis All the way through the Bible, he begins to confirm. He said, they are they that testify of me. And he begins to show the believers, the elect, himself in the scriptures. And he don't have to look very far. He just starts laying it in. Let's read verse 32. And uh, Sister Linda can read that as well. And they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Amen. So, so he began to reveal himself by the word. Remember, Jesus said, search the scriptures because that's where you'll find me. And it wasn't one. He began to take the Bible and just show the painting from beginning on through. Go down to verse 44. And uh, go ahead and have Sister Linda, go ahead and read that, uh, 44 and 45. And he said unto them, <clears throat> these are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Amen. Amen. So the leaders, they could read the scriptures and they could quote the scriptures, but they could not understand the scriptures. But Jesus brought the understanding of the scriptures. And not only that, but he began to take the scriptures and tie them together and bring patterns. And I want you to catch this nature of God because Jesus said, if you're seeking me, search the scriptures because that's where you're going to find life. 
you'll find him in the volume of the book. Ain't that wonderful? Now, last week we were talking uh, about 2 Timothy chapter 3.16. If you just want to write it down, we don't have to turn there. We covered it last week. He said, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and reproof and for correction and instruction and righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And the only way to be thoroughly furnished and perfect is to believe all scriptures are the inspiration of God. That's what it takes in order to be a perfect man. And Brother Branham took this scripture and said, now scripture does not contradict scripture. So some people say, well, I believe what Jesus said, baptism in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and they reject the book of Acts. But if you do that, then you reject that all scripture is the inspiration of God. And we believe that. So there's no contradiction. There's only a lack of understanding on our part. Jesus opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Ain't that right? And that's what we need from the Holy Spirit, for God to open the understanding of the Scriptures, to watch them tie together, because they will not contradict. They will tie perfectly together. Isn't that right? And Brother Branham said that every Scripture will dovetail, and Jesus is saying, search the Scriptures, examine the Scriptures, pour over the Scriptures, and this is where you're going to find life. Turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah 28. Where's Sister Lana? I saw her somewhere. Yeah, if, would you mind reading Sister Lana? Isaiah 28, let's just read 9 through 13. Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and other tongue I will speak will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is a refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon Amen. precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken, ensnared, and taken. Amen. Thank you. This scripture here is saying, whom shall we teach knowledge? And he begins, and we're, we're very familiar with this scripture, uh, little by little, precept upon precept. This word is actually, when you break down the words, it's actually in the Hebrew, it's talking about the same way that we would teach children their elementary lessons, teach them to read and write. And what do we do? Ah, ah, a. Eh. And then we B and then A E I O U. And then we keep adding precept. And then, and then we add a little more the next month or we add more next year. We add more. And in elementary lessons, it is precept upon precept. It's adding, adding, not to overwhelm the child, but to teach it. And this is the way that God teaches his church is precept upon precept, line upon line, here little, there little, adding revelation adding more understanding, and we begin to grow in the knowledge of God. That's exactly, if you get a chance to look at it, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little, 
and every revelation in this message, and we'll be getting to the message here soon, it's, it's amazing. You don't find this anywhere else in any other message on the face of the earth that you can take every doctrine from Genesis to Revelation. Every doctrine, whether it be predestination, Godhead, serpent, seed, you can find every spirit finds its origin in Genesis and discern by that what it'll do and how it'll act. You can go back and find uh, where Babylon had its beginnings, where Satan had his beginning and his ambition. And you can go precept upon precept, line upon line, all the way through the scriptures and just see the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's marvelous. It's divine. No, no, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, no hillbilly from the mountains of Kentucky could ever piece all of this together. It's divine. Furthermore, there is not a scholar, there is not a pope, there is nobody that can do it. Even if they're learned, God used an uneducated man to show it's not man, it's divine, it's God. And, and, and we could actually, I mean, for some, of, some here have been in the message for probably 50 years. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but, uh, but they, can, they could stand and say, I have seen this message for 50 years and it gets brighter and I'm learning more all the time. How? Because it's divine. It's the only way. I mean, I, by, by the grace of God, I have been a student of this message and I have studied diligently and every time I read, something new comes up. It's glorious. And that's what God wants us to be, is students of the word. Turn with me to John chapter 6. Verse 44, could we have Brother Jimbo uh, read 44 and 45? Yeah, John chapter 6, verse 44 and 45. You'll be familiar with this. And then we're going to go back to the Old Testament because it's a little plainer. No man cometh to me except the Father which hath raised him in the last days. Oh, I must miss something. Sent and draw him, and I will raise him in the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be... I don't have my glasses. It's all right. Bless your heart. it is written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the father cometh unto me amen this is Jesus speaking and he's quoting Old Testament now let's let's go to Isaiah 54 verse 13 Maybe we'll just have Sister Kathy, could you, could you read that verse? This is, Jesus, this is the scripture that Jesus is quoting. And I want you all to make sure you write this down. This is a beautiful scripture. Verse 13, 54, verse 13. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Amen. All Thy children is speaking of all the children of God 
will be taught by the Spirit of God. And Brother Branham said, this is the evidence of the Holy Spirit that God's elect, God's children are taught by the Holy Spirit. And they are able to see Christ in the Scriptures and recognize the Word for their day. And all thy children shall be taught of God. In other words, it is the Holy Spirit that divinely reveals the Word. Isn't that right? What he needed was a vessel. God uses a prophet in our day, but it was the Holy Spirit who was the teacher. I just read a couple weeks ago, I was astounded. Uh, Brother Branham said that he had preached something and a, and a, a learned man came up and said, I have been to school and I have never heard anything like this. And Brother Branham said, I don't even know myself. He said, but as I preach, I begin to see it. And he goes, and I say it as it comes. He said, now, when I get out from under the anointing, I may not be able to tell you where that is or even what I said. He said, but under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit just lays it in. I know that's true. Because Brother Branham, when I'd study it, he'll take obscure Old Testament scriptures and lay it in with accuracy. And I'm saying, there's no way, this is divine. There's no way that he unburied this. As, as busy as he was and the way that he preaches, he's not using notes most of the time. And then he reaches back and pulls out a, just a, a gold nugget. And so it is the Holy Spirit who is the teacher. We cannot see the scriptures unless the Holy Spirit is teaching us. Isn't that right? Now we're going to have fun. Because all of God's children should be students of the word. Jesus said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me. These men who claimed Moses were not willing to search the scriptures, but God's children are, and that's how they recognize him. And so I've got some wonderful scriptures that I would like to build my thought with. So let's turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 33, and you're going to want to write these down. These are really, really good Old Testament scriptures, and then we'll walk through the Bible precept upon precept, and we'll come up to our day. So Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 1. Everybody love the Lord? Amen. Maybe, uh, maybe one of these young men here. Could you read for me? I've got a mic coming, so don't start too quick. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 1. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. Uh, read down through three. And he said, The Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He signed forth from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousand of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. He, he loved the people, all his saints are in thy hand. And they sat down at thy feet. Everyone shall receive of thy words. Amen. I want you to catch this picture now. Because here this is speaking of when, when the glory of God came down on Mount Sinai and the camps of Israel was underneath the mountain and the Bible says here that he, the Lord came from Sinai, he shined forth, he came with 10,000 saints, his right hand went the fiery law. This is where the law came off of Mount Sinai. He loved the people, all of his saints are in thy hand. They sat down at thy feet Everyone shall receive of thy words. And so the thought that I want to bring to you is 
uh, the setting at the feet is actually something that's spoke of through the scriptures. As Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel, what it meant was a student was receiving from the teacher. Legion, when he was healed, was sitting at the feet of Jesus and was in his clothes and in his right mind. Remember Mary, when Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and Martha was busying herself uh, with the things of, you know, just natural things of life. And she come in and said, Lord, she was probably doing dishes, glaring at her sister and her sister's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Lord, will you tell her to come and help me? You know, you're out of the kitchen, you're out of the will of God. (laughs) Jesus said, Martha, you're troubled about many things. He said, you know, you've done a good thing. He said, but Mary has chosen the better part. Brother Branham said that Mary was soaking it in and she had chosen the things of eternal life. She was sitting at his feet. And I want you to get this symbol of the setting at the feet because here... He was saying that Israel was at the feet of Mount Sinai receiving the law from God. And God is sending forth his fiery law. His children are now receiving the Ten Commandments. They're now at the feet. And all thy children shall be taught of God. Now God is teaching his nation. And I'm going to take some some, uh, scriptures out of Deuteronomy. How many know what the word Deuteronomy means? Two laws. That's exactly right. And if you study Deuteronomy, it's the whole book is based on two laws. Brother Branham speaks of this at the end of his ministry before he went off the scene, that it is a law of life and a law of death. If you remember, he said, if you obey me, he said, you'll be blessed. If you disobey me, you'll be cursed. So obedience to the law leads to life. Rejection of God's word leads to death. That's the two laws of Deuteronomy. So let's study some of the scriptures here in Deuteronomy. And I I want you to see what kind of attitude we should have towards God's word. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 5. I know it's going to be hard for you to reach, Brother brother, uh, Tony. If you could just read uh, 5 and 6. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do so in the land whither you go to possess it. Keep, therefore, and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear all these statutes. And say, surely, this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Before you go any further, just hold the mic. Now, he says, keep the statutes, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. And he said, which they will hear of your statutes and say, look at this wise and understanding people. In other words, this is Israel's uh, character or national character to the other nations. They They are among all the nations are idols. Their gods are idols. Israel serves the one true living God. And their simple obedience to God's word causes them to excel above all nations, whether it be physically, materially, financially, militarily, 
On every level, Israel rises above all nations because of the wisdom of God. Because God teaches them clean and unclean and every phase of their human life, their education, everything, the success of Israel was was beyond anything the other nations' idols could produce. And so this is what God is saying. They will look and say, this is a wise and an understanding nation. Look at them surrounded by the Muslim countries now. So, Brother Tony, will you uh, pick back up there on verse 7? For what nation is there so great? Who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon for him? And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Read on down through 10, please. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, When the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. Amen. Look at the attitude towards the law. Now, if I was here teaching you the laws of the feast days and the laws of the ceremonial clean and unclean and the Sabbath, I mean, you would be going like this. But, but according to the scripture, even the law back which was in shadow and type, he said, you love the law. You teach it to your children. It's, it's, he exalted it in the nation. You know, Israel become a little bit of prideful too because they knew that they were a nation separated unto God and they believed that Palestine, and it, and it was that Palestine was the, was the land of promise and the very heir of Palestine made one wiser. And outside of the barriers of Palestine was just gross darkness. And so they, so they really had a pride about it. But I want you to see their attitude. God telling the Old Testament to exalt the word to their children, teach their children. And they exalted the word in their nation. Uh, I want to I show you something here in Psalms. We'll go back to Deuteronomy. Hold your places. Psalms 119 verse 97. My mother-in-law. And I would like to, I would like to, uh, for you to read 97 through 101. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thine ordinances, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Amen. Uh, Notice in verse 99, or verse 98, through thy commandments thou hast made me wiser than my enemies. In 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers. 
I'm, I'm not sure, but I've seen where commentaries, some think that this psalm was written by Daniel. Because Daniel, when he went to Babylon, he was much wiser than anyone else, any other wise men of the kingdom. Let's look at it. Let's just look at that. We'll be going back to Deuteronomy. Turn to Daniel chapter 1, verse 17. I want to show you how the scriptures actually made God's people wiser than anyone else just by being a believer of the scriptures. Verse 17 through 21. And uh, would you mind reading for me? Right behind you there. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them, or eunuchs, eunuchs. Brought, them, brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Down through 20, please. And the king communed with them, and among them all was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mish- Mishael, Mish- Mishael, Mishael. And Azariah therefore stood before the king. Therefore they stood before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. Ten times greater than anybody in the realm. Uh, Why? He said, because thy law makes me wiser than my enemies and wiser than my teachers. Remember Daniel, when he got there, he was a boy. And they're instructing him and teaching him. But they were ten times greater than anyone in the land. (laughs) All right. What about Solomon? The Bible said that Solomon was wiser than all the kings of the east. There was nobody in that time that was wiser than Solomon. And everyone came from everywhere to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Amen. And so see how perfect the scriptures are. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. Now remember, um, remember, I'm building off of search the scriptures. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. Sister Amy, if you could read for me. And we'll just uh, read 18 uh, down through 22, please. Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul... And bind them for a sign upon your hand, that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall teach them your children, speaking of them when, they, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house, and upon thy gates. Down to 22, please. That your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children... In the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers to give them, as the days of heaven upon the earth. For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you, to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to cleave unto him. Amen. Then, then he says, you know, God will, will bless Israel and their land and so forth. But notice how he's saying, now don't let this depart from you. Teach it to your children. And put it on the doorposts. Put it everywhere. Let it be the, the number one thing in your life, in your home, in your nation. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Now, this is uh, amazing to me. Deuteronomy 17, verse 14. I'll read down through 20. This is the commandment of the leader of the nation and what God required of the king. And I'll go ahead and read that. 
When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall possess it, thou shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are about me. And thou shalt in any wise, I'm sorry, thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Thou mayest not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. But he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the Lord has said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, and his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. Here it is. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom... He shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priest, the Levites. And it shall be with him. He shall read therein all the days of his life. And he may learn to fear the Lord his God and to keep all the words of the law and these statutes and do them. Ain't that fantastic? A godly king over a godly nation. And he said, I want that king to love my law. And I want him to lead my people in the way of God. How beautiful. Deuteronomy 31, verse 11. Two laws. A law of life and a law of death. I'll read verse 11 through 13. And when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose... Thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of this law, and that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land, whether you go over Jordan to possess it. Isn't that wonderful? So I'm, I'm going to have to uh, move through this a little faster. I've got uh, so many scriptures, but I'm going to skip scum, some for the sake of time. But you'll find in the, in the laws and Leviticus that they were commanded, the Levites were commanded to teach Israel diligently. They would go through the cities and they would teach Israel the knowledge of the Lord. And if you remember, Job said, I have esteemed God's word more than my necessary food. Now, this is Job in the Old Testament that don't have a tenth of what we understand. And he said, I've esteemed the word of God more necessary than my, the very food that I eat. And I, I'm, I'm trying to express the value that they put on this book that is laying in your lap. The potentials that are laying in your lap. And in, in, in our possession. How we should value the word of God. And it is the only path to eternal life. And Brother Branham said a real believer studies the word every day. That's what he said. Not just read. And Brother Branham said we never want to read like a newspaper. And sometimes we're in a hurry and life, life is busy. I'm not, I'm not saying this to condemn anyone, but to, 
to put out before us the goal that Brother Branham says that a real believer should study the word every day. Amen. How many say amen? Amen. (laughs) Study the word every day. And he said it builds us up. And uh, I want to show you the Old Testament scriptures of the enlightenment that God will give when you're in fellowship with his word. If you will, turn with me to Psalms chapter 19. You'll see where I'm going here pretty soon. Psalms chapter 19, verse 7. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Let's read 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise wise the simple. Through what? Down through 11. The status of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Enlightening the eyes. Go ahead. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Amen. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. A great reward. Boy, this is just the law. This is their attitude to the Old Testament. Watch this, Psalms 119, 103. One hundred three through one hundred five, please. How sweet are thy, thy words unto my taste! Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Though thy precepts, I through thy precepts I get understanding. Amen. Therefore, I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Would you read verse eighteen? Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statues. Is that is that eighteen? Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Amen. Amen. It says in that word means open means reveal. Open my eyes that I may behold the wonderful things out of thy law. Ain't that wonderful? We should be praying, Lord, just continue to open the word to us. Okay, I'm just going to wrap it up. There's tons of scriptures, but those are just to build my thought right now on the Old Testament, how they were commanded to just stay in the scriptures. Now, Jesus is saying, search the scriptures. This is where we're going to find life. But then I want to bring it up to the New Testament, and I'm going to show when God would send a message to the earth, how... How always in every revival, the people would search the scriptures to see whether these things were so. This woman came to Brother Branham and she said, uh, Brother Branham, I'm representing leaders of a certain city. And we would really like you to be a part of our organization. And uh, all we ask is you make a few little compromises. And he said, pray tell what are these compromises? And she said, well, you're, you're teaching on the baptism 
in Jesus Christ's name and the Godhead, you know, just a few little things. And he said, would you expect me to be a man of God and compromise the word? And you know what she said? She said, well, if you could tell us that the angel that comes to you says this is true, then we can accept that. And Brother Branham said, that group of men that you're representing, are, he said, are weaker than dishwater. He said, because I don't care what the angel says if it don't come back to the word of God. And this is what Paul said. Let's turn in the Bibles, if we can, uh, to um, Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Brother Branham said, every vision must come back to the Word. Every revelation must come back to the Word. And in Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that has called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there are some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be cursed. And we said before, so say I now again, if, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than you have received, let him be cursed. See, so Brother Branham said when the angel came to Paul, Paul didn't even know who he was. He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom, thou cru- uh, whom you persecutest. And he said that he told him to go to to a gate, you know, and he met Ananias and he was baptized. Immediately, the first thing Paul does is he goes to Arabia for three years and he studied the scriptures. Brother Branham said many times, this is where Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Immediately, he don't go to Peter. He don't go to Jerusalem. He don't go to the believers. He goes to the desert in Arabia. Brother Branham said, what was he doing out there? He said he was checking his experience with the word. The pillar of fire that he met, he was making sure that that was in the scripture, that indeed was the God that he served. And Brother Branham said when he searched it for three years, it became his absolute. He said from that point... He said he was tied to that absolute and nothing could move him. He knew where he stood. He knew who his God was. And he said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So when we look at this message, we shouldn't just casually accept that it's true. But but Jesus challenges us to search the scriptures, whether it be so. And when we search it by the scriptures, it can become our absolute that there is not a, a, a nine millimeter, a fully automatic weapon that can take this message out of our heart. Because it becomes, this message becomes our absolute. And I'll have to teach on that a little bit later. Um, maybe, maybe we'll get to that uh, on another teaching on the absolute. But why are we studying the scriptures? Why are we searching the scriptures? Because this is the only way we can tell truth from error. Jesus told us to do it and we shouldn't just casually accept this as truth because this is life and death. Our our souls are in the balance. We're either right or we're wrong. 
But the Bible will tell us whether we're right or whether we're wrong. And then once we know, then we can stand there firmly and face death if we have to. Because it's God's word. Can you say amen? Now, when Paul went to Arabia, he came back and he began to turn the world upside down. This is, this is where it really gets good. And these scriptures I use often because when I'm witnessing to somebody, I usually begin by their absolute, by the scriptures. I'll say, you know, someone might want to discuss Godhead or women preachers or holiness or God sent a prophet. And I'm, you know, I'm, I love discussing the scriptures. And, I, and I'd mentioned this in a previous Bible study that I said, I would love, I will not argue scripture, but I would love to discuss it on the, this basis. What is your absolute? Do you believe the scriptures? Yes, I believe the scriptures. Do you believe them the way Jesus believed them? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Jesus held to the scriptures as supreme authority. Yes, I believe all scriptures, the inspiration of God. Okay, on that basis, we can discuss doctrine. Now, we will search the scriptures. I will not give you opinion. We will search the scriptures and see what is true and what is false. And most always, if anyone has any fear of God, they'll agree. They'll agree, yes, the scripture is the absolute. So what I want to do now is I want to show you once Paul had this experience, went to Arabia and settled in his heart that this indeed is the message of the hour. This was Christ. I want you to watch in the Bible how he introduced the message to his age. So turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 17. We're going to start with verse 1. We're going to read down through 11. Brother, would you mind reading for me? We'll read 1 through 11. 17. Chapter 17, 1 through 11. Mm-hmm. Now when they had passed through Amphilippus and the Apollonia, Apollonia they Thessalonica. came yeah, to Thessalonica. They were, where was the synagogue of the Jews, and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Okay, opening. now, before you go any further, watch what Paul does. He goes into the synagogue, he opens the Bible, and he begins to introduce the message from his Bible. Go ahead, brother. Opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preached unto you is Christ. Okay, skip down to verse 10 and read verse 10 and 11, please. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night, Unto Berea. Berea, who coming thither went unto the synagogue of the Jews. These were the noble 
those in Thessalonica, and they received the word with all readiness in mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Amen. Amen. So he came across a noble group that was willing to take God's challenge. Uh If it's God, then it'll be scriptural. And they were honest enough. And that's what it all is, is motive and objective. Jesus said, you won't come to me that you might receive life. And he said, I know that you don't love God. He said, because you will not come to me. They were not being honest with their motives. He said, if you search the scriptures, you'll find the word will correct you. And the word corrects us all. And so these people were honest enough to say, if it's scripture, I'm going to follow it. But they searched the scriptures to see whether these things were so. And they were so. Amen. So I want you to see how Paul introduced the word by searching the scriptures. Just what Jesus taught. Uh, Go with me to chapter 16, verse 14 and 15. Yeah, just verse 14 and 15, please. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Amen. I love that. God... The Lord opened her heart and she attended, which meant she gave attention. She regarded the things that were spoken of by Paul. She was listening to Paul. God had opened her heart. Go to chapter 18, verse 24. Chapter 18. And... um, Verse 18, verse, I'm sorry, chapter 18, we'll read 24 through 28. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scripture, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Ooh, yes, sir. <laughs> mightily. So, and this is, this is something to always remember. And I, I believe, and not just preaching what Brother... Branham preached, but in the emphasis and the spirit in which he preached. Brother Branham never tried to take away anything that God had given anyone on any level. Uh He always built upon it. Now, if it was false, he called it what it was. But if there were sincere people that were trying to love God on whatever level it was, if they believed Jesus Christ was the Savior, he'd say, I can agree with you there, brother. And he would just build them up. Now, they didn't, they didn't condemn this man because he was way back yonder in the light of another day. You're, you're in John's day. I mean, come on, get with it. You know, this is the light of the hour. This is the message. No, 
they taught him more perfectly. So they took what he had and he was mighty. But then they, they played his game on him. They said, give me your Bible. <laughs> and where he was mightily convincing people, the baptism of John, they came and began to build on top of it. And then he went publicly and started to reveal that Christ is Lord by the scriptures. Hey, that one, this is the book of Acts. Do you love the Lord? Now watch this in Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Search the scriptures, Jesus said. Acts chapter 26, verse 19, I'll read down through 22. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. That these, for these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. So Paul knew what he was doing. Uh, I, he was standing, I think it was in that same trial, and he said, is it, you know, is it, lunacy that a man would believe that someone should raise from the dead and he begins to talk to, about the scriptures and he knew that the Sadducees didn't believe in a, in a resurrection and the Pharisees did he's going to get his hide torn he, and he speaks of the resurrection on purpose to rile the people up and divide them and he got out clean but God used him in a mighty way but he never went beyond the scripture He showed them by their prophets. He showed them by the word. And if they're God's children, they're going to see it. So you cannot force revelation down the throat of someone that is not seed. Brother Branham said, if you're not elect, you could hear the truth every day of your, every hour of the day. And he said, it'll just go right over your head. It's exactly right. And there were people that actually saw was with Brother Branham from the beginning of the ministry to the end of the ministry that never even believed he was Malachi 4. And all I can say is, blessed are your eyes for the things that you see. Amen. This, this one I love in Acts chapter 28, verse 23. Brother John, Brother John Lay, uh, verse 23 and 24. This was Paul in his house arrest. And he was there for a long time and they were bringing people to his lodging. Go ahead, Brother John. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him in his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the, the prophets from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. Amen. You just commit that to God. How many would have loved to have been there? Uh, Paul was a master teacher from morning to night. And uh, that's, that's what we do in Japan. We'll go there and from day in, day out, morning to night, teaching and showing in the scriptures. It's wonderful. And, and we're just, just scratching it. 
But it's it just time. Search the scriptures, Jesus said. This is where we find the message. This is where we find reality. Ain't that wonderful? How many say, Lord, I want to be a better student of the word. I want to give myself to the scriptures. Watch this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Can you read it for me, Brother David? 1 Timothy chapter 4, 11 through 16. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Amen. (laughs) Meditate upon it. Give yourself wholly, completely to the word. Isn't that beautiful? This is the teaching of the New Testament now. And uh, I want to show you there's just one verse. Brother Branham commented several times on this verse. And I think think it's it's powerful in using it in discernment and testing whether something be of God. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. Sister Amy, did you read for us already? You did, didn't you? We're going to have to, since I didn't remember, I've got to call on you again. <laughs> verse 20, chapter 8, verse 20. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. All right. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no Light in them. In other words, everything you hear must come back to the scriptures. And if they don't speak according to the scriptures and to the prophets, Brother Branham said, I don't care how good a man he is, I don't care how sincere he is, if it's not according to the word, stay away from it. There's no light in them. Brother Branham used the example of David. He said, David was sincere, but sincerely wrong. When he, put the, when he put the ark on a new cart and it brought forth death, he said the prophets and all the men surrounding him, the priests, they were all fired up about it, but it wasn't according to the word. And it brought forth death. Now watch this. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 7. First Peter chapter 1. And we want to um, read uh, 7 through 12, if that ain't too, too much. Okay. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom... Though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Hold on just a second. 
said, now this salvation that they were enjoying, Peter was talking about, he said, the prophets inquired and was searching diligently, looking for the Messiah, looking for this hour. Back in the Old Testament, they sought, they, con- they put their heart on it. They were looking for this day. Go ahead, sis. Go ahead, verse 10. Verse 10? No, I'm sorry, verse 11. Okay. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. He said, you're partaking of things that they've looked for for years that angels have desired to see. Men, the prophets have actually longed to live in this hour. We're living in that hour. This was the day that Peter was speaking of, but we are right at the threshold of, of the kingdom of God coming down and ruling and reigning. And I mean, what an hour we live in. And uh, uh, remember Daniel. Daniel was in captivity. And um, the Bible said that he set his face to seek the Lord. And he understood by books the number of years. He understood that Jeremiah had prophesied in 70 years they would be released from Babylon and they would go back and be restored back in Jerusalem and so forth, back into the promised land. And when he realized and he understood the time he was living in, he begins to repent and he begins to call on God. And that's when Gabriel the angel had came and actually showed him all the way to the consummation. But Daniel said, I understood by books the number of years. In other words, he was, he was one while the world, everyone was dropping their standards and just going on with life. Daniel stayed searching the scriptures uh-huh. to find his place where they were in time. Not selfishly. If you'll, if you'll read in Daniel uh, chapter 9, he is, and you don't have to turn there now, but he's actually praying, Lord, forgive the sins of our nation. He's praying for the church. And he's like, but he understood by books the number of years that where they were in time. Brother Branham is preaching the 70 weeks of Daniel. The Spirit of God comes on Brother Branham. Brother Branham starts saying, and I understand, Lord. I understand by books and by the prophets in the New Testament. I understand that we're having a famine in the last days. He said, I understand there will be earthquakes in diverse places. He said, Lord, I understand by books that there will be tidal waves. And Lord, I understand that there would be a great falling away in the last days. And he just, he becomes anointed. He said, I understand that there will be a message of restoration in the last days. And, and so Brother Branham was taking Daniel's experience and bringing it to the present. That we are literally seeing the end of all things. We, our eyes are beholding the end of all things. And there is a famine in the land, but by the grace of God, God has opened up revelations that the world has never seen. And we can understand by books, we can understand by the Bible, the books of the Bible, that where we are in time, that we are at the last day, that we have seen Israel become a nation, that we can see the signs of the end times, that in the last days there will be scoffers and so forth. In the last days, there would be Janice and Jambres, and we can pinpoint the end time conditions. 
We understand by books, by searching the scriptures, where we are, that there are no more Gentile ages. This is the last of them. We understand by books that the rapture is at hand, that God has already sent a forerunner. I mean, it ought to make you shout. (laughs) We understand by books that the mighty angel has come down and the book of Revelation is being fulfilled as we speak. We know exactly where we are. We know exactly how we stand. And Brother Branham said if he sought to to pray, he said if there's ever a time we should be praying, it should be right now. Because we understand he could come at any time. Are we sure we understand by the writings? (laughs) We know exactly where we are. It's an absolute. There's no question. It's an absolute. Can you say amen? Amen. Just Just a little bit more. Remember, turn with me to Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4. This is really, really interesting uh, how this is written. He opens it up, you know, uh, the day cometh, it'll burn as an oven and so forth. And uh, if you'll go ahead and have Josiah read here. Just read um, verse 4. Okay. Chapter 4, verse 4. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Herob for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Okay. Now this is interesting because... Here in Malachi 4, it's closing the Old Testament. It's talking about the millennium, that the earth, you know, will burn and God would send Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day. But in all of this, he injects this statement. Remember the law of Moses in Horeb. And he's talking about when the glory of God came down upon Mount Sinai and he delivered the fiery law to Israel. Just what we opened up with. But Brother Branham says something at the end of his ministry that is staggering. Brother Branham said, if you watch Moses in his ministry, first he meets the angel in private on the backside of the desert, and the angel begins to speak to him and tell him, I have sent you to deliver the children of Israel according, I am the God of thy father, or fathers, Moses, uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have sent you down to deliver my people. Moses comes with a testimony to Israel. I have met the angel of the Lord. This is the time of deliverance. This is the sign. Brother Branham said they had to believe that he was sent of God in order to get out of there. And so when they believed Moses' testimony, God said, I will bring you again back to this mountain. When they believed... He led them out of Egypt right back to the mountain where the angel met him in private. But now God, in confirmation of the message, comes down publicly before all Israel and delivers the word. Uh Brother Branham said, Brother Branham met that angel in private. And he said, you'll be given, you have a gift to pray for sick people. And if you can get them to believe, nothing will stand before your prayer, not even cancer. Brother Branham would pray for the people. He said, now, do you believe this testimony? He said, of course, your healing depends upon it. 
And they'd say, I believe, and they would receive their healing. And they had to believe the testimony that he met the angel that they'd never seen in private. But in 1963, seven angels come down in the form of a cloud at Mount Sunset publicly to vindicate that everything he said was true. And just as Moses went up into the pillar of fire and brought the law down, the prophet of God caught the revelation of the whole thing and brought it down to the people. Now we are sitting at the foot of God, just as Israel was sitting at the foot of God, and we are receiving the words of eternal life, and he's revealing the whole book to us. That ought to make you shout. (laughs) Because the seven angels formed the head of Christ. And all of God's children are being taught by him. The elect are sitting at his feet. What are we doing here tonight? We are sitting at the feet of Jehovah. We are receiving eternal things, eternal life, infallible truths of this age, the Godhead, water baptism, predestination, the original sin, uh, the book of Revelations, I preached almost a year and a half, verse by verse, on the book of Revelation. And Brother Branham covers almost every verse of the book of Revelation. It's astounding. The whole thing is open. There's no mystery left. The mystery is finished. That ought to give you confidence to know where we stand. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Now, uh, just just a few few more minutes. Is, Is everybody okay? Um, Brother Branham said now in indictment, he said people walk ignorantly. And he said they really don't dig down deep enough into the spirit of revelation that people won't even be willing to take the challenge. Have you ever met anyone like that? Like, you know, we can talk about the scriptures. No, thanks. mm -mm. I'm saved. Yeah, I believe. Brother Branham said devils believe and tremble. It don't mean they're saved. But most people, he said, they, they won't even dig in. And so they think that the Antichrist is Hillary Clinton. Uh-huh. Uh, people say stuff like that. Or, you know, the mark of the beast is a tattoo in the forehead or it's communism. Brother Branham said, of course not. They're not in the scriptures to know. But by the grace of God, we could take the scriptures and show them exactly what the Antichrist is. Exactly what these symbols are. Well, no question. None at all. And it's no arrogance on our part. It's what God has divinely revealed in this hour. That ought to make you happy. And so these things can be explained by the scriptures. Brother Branham said, but what happened is the attitude of the people makes them blind. So when Jesus is talking to the religious leaders who are bragging on the law of Moses, they're blind to who's sitting in front of them. And the Bible said the last day church would be miserable, blind, naked, and not even know it. I mean, that's a pretty poor condition to be naked and not know you're naked. To be lost and not know you're lost. To be ignorant and not know that you're ignorant. The people don't know it. And so what's happened now is they're blind. But Brother Branham said the blindness is a peculiar blindness. He said just like Elijah, when he, when he led the Syrians... To Dothan there, he said, are you looking for Elijah? They said, yeah, we're looking for him. He said, come on, I'll show you where he is. They were not blind to the trees and to the road and to all. They were only blind to Elijah. Uh 
He said, so it wasn't they were groping in darkness. It was a peculiar blindness. They were only blind to certain things. And he said, that miserable blind and naked, they are blind to certain things in the scriptures. And that's why Jesus said that you, you claim that you're without sin. He said, you're blind. They said, are we blind? And, and Jesus told them that they were. Blind leaders of the blind. Isn't that right? And he said, what happened is in this age, they have become know-it-all. They know it all. They're not teachable. And they're not even willing to take the challenge of the word and look at it. That No, this is the way that, you know, my people teach it and... You know, and he said most, a lot of them will only listen closely to refute what you're saying, but not with an open heart to receive. So Jesus was actually telling the leaders of that day that they weren't honest. If they were honest, he would have opened their understanding to the scriptures. But they were only, they were only listening to argue and to fuss. And you can pick that spirit up real quick. Now I want you to think about it. Where we are in time. Jesus said that the spirits would be so close it would deceive the elected if possible. So if, if it was that close to the truth, wouldn't you want to know that you know that you know? Uh-huh. I mean, what, don't you want to make sure that baptism in Jesus Christ is exactly right? Amen. God hit his exact, that this message is exactly right, and it is. Uh-huh. Well, the only way to know, there's only one way to know. And that's to search the scriptures and to receive a divine revelation by the Spirit. God will walk you right through it. Many many uh, Christians just have casual knowledge of the Bible. This age is just amazing. This is a quote out of the church ages. He said, if you view the scripture superficially, which means surface, you'll receive a superficial understanding. Did you catch that? If you view the scriptures, he said verses superficially, look up superficially, you will receive a superficial understanding. So if all you will look at is the surface, that's all that you're going to see. But the Bible said the spirit reveals the deep things of God. And it isn't when we say deep, it ain't just talking about, you know, where, huh? You know, like tying your head in a knot. The deep things of God are, are the spiritual revealed things of God. That's the deep. Brother Branham never made it difficult. You ever listen to Brother Branham? I've heard preachers. I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> but not with Brother Branham. It's always uh, uh, so clear. So, it, it, so deep does not mean, you know, spin your head in circles. Deep means the very substance of God being revealed. Amen. Can I go just a few more minutes? So, only those who are really concerned will search the scriptures, whether they be so, like Thessalonica, they were more noble and they were willing to search the scriptures. Brother Branham said the wise men saw the star and he said that star was going by the observatories. He said there were hundreds of them through the land, but only the wise men saw it. Why was it? Why did only the wise men see it? What was that? They were looking for it. It's exactly right. And they were studying the stars. And Brother Branham said they were studying the Hebrew Bible. How did they get the Hebrew Bible? 
Does anyone know? It's exactly right. Brother Branham says this in one place. I, I think uh, Brother Branham said it. Yeah, he did say it. He said that Daniel rose to the chief of all the wise men. And because he made such an influence on the wise men, when he died, all the wise men went for his books. <laughs> and so through the years, they studied the Hebrew books and saw that a star would rise in the east. And so they were looking for that star as they studied the scriptures. And Brother Branham said, they watched for every movement. They were looking for a sign and they recognized when he came among them. And he said, he said, they studied the stars like Christians study the Bible. (laughs) And that's exactly what we should be doing. We should be studying the scriptures. If we really believe and are looking for his return then we should be studying the scriptures and searching the scriptures whether these things be so. Because Christ can only be known by divine revelation. Now just, just a few, few more minutes. Brother Branham said, now he said, speaking of the book of Revelation, he said, now we're studying the revelation of Jesus Christ which is his future work. And he said, and I mentioned it takes the Holy Spirit to give the revelation of it or we will fail to get it. And, he's, and so, when we study the scriptures, what are we doing? We're proving the things that we believe. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. I like Brother Branham's comment on this, this scripture here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. That's great, yeah. Just read verse 21, please. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Prove means to discern or to examine. Prove all things by the scriptures to make sure it's right. And then he says, hold fast to that which is good. He said, when you prove all things, you're proving it that it's either right or it's wrong. Okay? So if we examine it and we prove that it's right, he said, then you hold fast to it with a death grip and don't let it go. (laughs) As soon as you prove it by the scriptures, and that's his direct quote, he said, put a death grip on it and don't turn it loose because it's going to bring you to eternal life. Ain't that wonderful? How many say, Lord, I want you to give light to me in the scriptures. I want to walk through the scriptures. I want to know. You know, we, we are believers. So I'm not trying to convince you the message is true. We're believers. But I'm trying to uh, challenge you to search the scriptures and to root and ground yourself in these truths so you can share it with someone else. Because it is absolutely scripture, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And I'm going to bring us to a close. Brother Branham taught in ways that no one else teaches. And I could show you by the Bible that Paul taught the same way. Brother Branham taught by types and shadows. And I can bring you through the Bible and Hebrews and show you that the Old Testament were shadows of things to come. That the tabernacle was was a shadow of the true, of the heavenly. I can show you where uh, Paul speaks of Abraham being an allegory. And uh, Sarah and the bondwoman and and types and shadows all the way through the Bible. Brother Branham 
Brother Branham taught the infallible truths of God through types, through shadows, through numerology. He, he walked through the Bible in many different ways. He brought the truths. Then he would go back, like I said earlier, to Genesis and show where every spirit was born. And he showed it as a planting of a seed and a harvest in Revelations. It's astounding. It's divine. As the Bible said that by many infallible proofs, when, he, when Brother Branham taught the church ages, he taught it by the Bible, he taught it by history, and if, if anyone ever went to college, they would find everything Brother Branham is saying is spot on. They know it's true. So the Bible overlaid history, and then God supernaturally vindicated on the wall. So it was vindicated by the scriptures, it was vindicated by history, it was vindicated by the supernatural. <laughs> that ought to just make you happy. Yes, yes. Amen. Search the scriptures. We're going to do what the Lord teaches us to do. We're going to stop right there and let's just uh, maybe stand to our feet. I really enjoy Bible studies because we're just combing the scriptures, things that you could never do in a preaching service where we can just, just really take our time and break down each verse and I just, I enjoy it. And so I hope you are too. And I hope that you get some things, go home and study it over. It ought to bless your heart to go through it slower. I appreciate you all coming out and being a part. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads to you and we're humbled, Lord, as we walk through the scriptures and see that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. That, Lord, that these scriptures declare that you're among us in this hour. And it's, Lord, we, we're certainly believers, but it's overwhelming to see the hour in which we live. We want to thank you, Father, for being our teacher. And Lord, that we can sit at your feet and you can begin to reveal these things to us. Our ears are open. Our hearts are open. Give us an understanding heart. Give us a teachable spirit. Give us a hunger for the word, Lord, that we would search the scriptures. And, and Lord, acquaint ourselves with the word of God and always be ready to give an answer. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll bless each and every one as we've enjoyed being in your presence. We've enjoyed, Lord, taking a walk through your word. Father, we commit ourselves to you. We ask that you go with each and every one as they go home. May we meditate upon these things as Paul had told Timothy. And Lord, our hearts burn within us. Lord, as we see you revealed in this hour, we bless your mighty name and we thank you for these things. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. You're dismissed tonight.